this week on Cinematic Pig's Feet, Walk and Rule. Yow! <laughs> Minute Burning the Midnight Oil episode of uh, Cinematic Pig Feet. <laughs> Sometimes things fall through. Things fall yeah. apart. The center cannot hold, and we do not watch our movies on time, or at least I do, <laughs> in which case we have to record them slightly later, which is what we have now. And mm-hmm. the movie this time was Rock and Rule, a Canadian production <coughs> by the Canadian uh, animation studio Nelvana who is known uh, for making Care Bears, for one thing. Oh, what? Yes, they've made Care Bears. They're responsible for that. Uh, some of the more contemporary stuff they've made that our listeners might be interested in is uh, Fairly Odd Parents, uh, My Life as a Teenage Robot, and Danny Phantom. So, oh, wow. Okay. They've, they've been doing fairly so this movie did not entirely shut them down is what you're saying no no evidently they were not run out of canada for making it so because i i there's legend says that that was like a danger at some point well the movie flopped so hard yeah it cost 30 grand to make or no no no, wait it cost 8 million to make and they made 30 grand on it Mm -hmm. that is what the legend has said (laughs) i can't verify it because it's a legend well, it certainly was a uh, interesting movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, are we gonna play it like that? What? It's interesting. He's very amiable. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go the polite route. Yes. It was interesting. I like it. I would. Really? I would show this to little children. Yes. What? No, not little ones. I mean, ten-year-olds would eat this stuff up. Oh, no, no, no. There was there was stuff in here that was not appropriate to 10 years old. I don't I, mean, I don't know if you remember what I remember being 10 year old being a 10 year old was like. And I remember at 10 years old. What's the uh, Freudian term? Let's see. Oh, yes. Polymorphously perverse. I think that's the term. OK, I the ten, 10 year olds have more going on than we think. 10 year olds would be fine with this movie. Anyway, the adults may not be fine with 10-year-olds watching the movie, but 10-year-olds would be fine watching this movie. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, this... Man, so you enjoyed it. Okay. I did. Okay. Yes. Well, I thought the animation was great. Great animation. Um, I loved the fluid movements and how they all looked like um, like Disney character, like a Goofy movie mm-hmm. type. Because they... They they weren't mice, they weren't cats, they weren't dogs, but they were, like, something really cute. They were very cute for how dark and messed up this movie got. Before we go any further, what version did you see? I don't know. How many versions are there? There is the Canadian uncut version, and there okay. is the redone U.S. version. Um, I want to say the Canadian one. Well, here is the test. Okay. Um, skip. The um, somewhat good of the Schlepper brothers? Yes. Does he stay dead in yours? Yes. And you watch the American version. Oh! Evidently, one of the things that was in the uncut version is that uh, defeating the demon, of course, you're skipping ahead, but really, if you're listening to this, you're not 
going to rely on us to not give you spoilers until the very end. Either you've seen the movie, or you're not going to see the movie, or you don't really care about spoilers. So I'm going to say it. There's a demon. Near the end, <laughs> there's a demon. It comes up. It gets brought back down. And um, evidently, in the Canadian version, that brings uh, Skip back to life. Oh my gosh, that's why. Oh my. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Also, okay. they in the American version. They redid some of Omar's obscenities, as the Wikipedia article put it. Oh. He's uh, not, he doesn't call him dog breath, he calls him dick nose. <laughs> In the Canadian uncut? In the Canadian version, yes. And oh. considering the shape of Omar's nose, he has a lot of calling yeah. anything else dick nose. <laughs> That's so funny. But this movie, you don't have to worry about spoiler alerts, because... I had this movie figured out <laughs> completely it, within the first 10 minutes. It's not and that's because the first be... 10 minutes were really slow. <laughs> it's not trying to be avant-garde with its plot structure. I'll grant you that. No. No, there was nothing original, nothing surprising, nothing whatever. Like, it was, it was in, like, aggressively predictable. Mm. Aggressively. Yeah. Well, the entire movie is aggressive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. So you liked it. Okay. I did. I, did. I... <laughs> let me let me review the reasons I liked. Yes. Okay. Yes, do that. I, um, I liked the animation, as did you. It was awesome. I liked the songs. I thought the songs... Really? Yes. Oh, my... What, what about the bad guy song that was aggressively... I am the bad guy, and this is my song. What were the lyrics again? Hang on. Let me let me remember well, so There's the only lyrics. like three lines of it, but not there's that hard to... Lines in it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, wait, really. What were the... My name is the... Mock. Thanks a lot. Yes! <laughs> my name is Mock. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. But it did a very good job of portraying the character. This was a monomaniacal uh, character. Of course, all of his songs would be about him, about how awesome he is. Power and the glory of me. I mean, that's, that is that is his stick. They built him up with the use of these songs. Just but it a, had two lines that was an approximate rhyme, and that was it. I, I, I'm the biggest saint since World War III. That's another line. You think he's joking, but he's not. You think he's cool, <laughs> but he's hot. Those are lines. Oh, my gosh. Please tell me you've watched this and committed it to memory and sang it in the shower. Please tell me this. Not in the shower, no, but I have hummed it a couple of times, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I thought I thought the music was, like, so bad, but I, I must oh, say... You're talking about Lou Reed, Iggy Pop, Cheap Trick, Debbie Harry. These are not bad bands. These are I know. bad people. And yeah. I, I had to be told that these are good people, because if it's not your thing, then it all kind of sounds like, um, oh, synth. <laughs> it sounds like synth. <laughs> and I, I'm you know that why you disliked uh, heavy metal as well. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Did not enjoy that. But It was like, it was trying to be a comedy, but it wasn't funny. It was trying to be a drama, but I didn't care. It was trying, like, it was, it was trying to be so many things, but it, it just wasn't, and I was confused and angered. But this movie, <laughs> and this movie kind of carried that through. Like, it, because this was, 
you said it was Canada's response to heavy metal? Uh, I I would it was they said, well, if American could do that, we can do this. That's sort of right. Right. Okay. So this movie also confused and angered me because it it wasn't funny enough to be a comedy. It it wasn't dark enough to be avant-garde. It was, you know, it wasn't ah, it was trying to be stuff, but it was confusing itself and mock. Mock was very confusing and the Omar Okay, Omar is like the the lead guitarist, um, classic bad boy, heartthrob. I don't know what what would you call him, but I Angry couldn't figure out what was he. Angry young man. The yes, he was a smartass. Um, I couldn't figure out why we cared about him or why he said any of the things that he said or <laughs> why he was half of the one heart when he was just like this douchebag. I like I couldn't like I was confused and angered, John. I was confused and angered. I understand. I understand. What was confusing about Mock? Um, Mock was okay. Why? <laughs> why was he so hell bent on like destroying people with his awesomeness? Like why? Well, uh, after reading the analysis of the film and reading reviews of the film. Um, I, it has become more clear okay. because he was losing his popularity. He was angry at the audience because the a- audience wasn't paying as much attention, attention to him anymore. Okay. There's that line about how his last uh, concert wasn't completely sold out. Yeah, it was, I, I caught that bit, but okay. So it just didn't seem. He was being pet. He was going to get his revenge on the audience for abandoning him. That was the thing. Okay, and but the problem with that, though, with that theory, because I had considered that and threw oh. it out, was because <laughs> for years he had been planning this, like, thing, and for years he had been trying to find the missing piece, which was this, like, magical voice, and but all of that was happening in the height of his popularity, and this was going to, and so it's like, so, dude, what's your problem here? What is your problem? What's your problem, Ma? And he was just... <laughs> like hell bent on being the bad guy but he didn't even have the um uh coconuts to be like i'm the bad guy he was he was maintained that he was morally dubious and it was like here. he was definitely going for the whole nietzsche and superman motif oh yeah that confused me i did i thought the use of magic in the movie was i i I thought it was interesting because it interests me. That's why I use the word interesting. I know it's overused, but still, I was interested in their use of it. It was you don't often see such a matter-of-fact blending of science and magic in a film like this. I know that was that was definitely unusual. I appreciated that they had all these like these computers and graphics and magic. And it was just like unapologetically like, yep. And magic. (laughs) (laughs) He was a magician who used computers in his tricks, but also magic. Also, it should be pointed out that this is after nuclear Holocaust. So basically there were uh, three, maybe a few others, but the main three species that survived and became sentient were uh, dogs, rats, and cats. Yes. And uh, Mock uh, is a cat. So if you, oh, is he? Yes. I thought he was a rat. 
No, no, I believe he is a cat. Based uh, Mylar, for example, is a rat. Rats have different noses. I believe he is a cat. To me, they all look like um, it's a goofy movie um, accidents. <laughs> so, I mean, if you needed a, a reason for anything that Mock does, I think he's, he's a, cat. a cat is a oh. fairly good reason. <laughs> okay, weird. Y- yeah, I, I didn't catch that he was that. <laughs> Again, the animation was great, but not great enough that you could identify um, any of the characters. Evidently, in the original version, they didn't even do that much in explaining why uh, they were like this and not humans. So I was, thought that was weird. I thought I, if they'd have just let it be, then you would have said, oh, okay, it's like a rat-animal-cat thing. That they felt the need to give that very, very weird little backstory. Well, it it helps bring it into the whole, uh, as you said, goofy motif. This was them doing a gritty version of Disney. Right. Because okay. this was the early 80s and you had to do gritty versions of things. This is the uh, time period that gave you your grim Batman and your Punisher and stuff like that. This came out of this time period. So yeah. the whole grim dark era was upon us. So you had to do... Uh, funny animals in a dark, disturbing way. Thus, this movie. Okay. Cool, cool. <laughs> so, let's see. Um, Only yeah, two cities in the entire world now, evidently. Wait, what? Only two cities in the entire world now, evidently. Almtown and Nuke York. Yes, I know! Oh, man. This is a Canadian film. I was kind of, like, don't they have their own, like, version of Nuke York, or like why they had to reference it? Well, I'm desperately trying to think of uh, post apocalyptic puns about Canadian cities, and nothing much is coming to mind right now. But oh, well, then there must not be any. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, like, and the, if, the, if you the, have you any post apocalyptic puns of Canadian cities, please, <laughs> please write in to Cinematic Pixie and let us know. You can, win please, puns. people, that would be amazing. You would make my freaking day. Yeah, I got nothing. Oh, damn. <laughs> I almost had a thought. So, okay, so here's the... Basically, um, I think if you watch the trailer, you've pretty much seen all you need to see of the movie. It tells the story, and then... No? (laughs) You know what's going on in the movie. I'll grant you that. The the trailer is pretty on the nose of what's going on. You need to see the movie. Anyway. Okay, you're right. That is a... That is a distinction that I should have made. But no, you you pretty much get the storyline. Yes. In the most general. But yeah, it's there. It's there. So um, basically there's this bad guy, Mock, and he is like super pissed off <laughs> and like overly, just over the top bad guy. He's got the lit cigarette. He's got the voice. He's got these... Lips that will give me nightmares <laughs> for a very long time. Um, and his record sales are dropping. And this movie is totally 80s. Like 100% 80s. Oh, yes. And this computer slash Oracle is telling him what he already knows. Because seriously, in this movie, they recap the movie five <laughs> times. I recap. I, I counted. They recap the the plot Five times. Which is further um, proof, I think, for my theory, this movie is great for 10-year-olds. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You're not gonna yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna side with you on that. I one. realize that. <laughs> I, yeah, sorry. There's there's maybe stoned eighteen year olds, but <laughs> yeah. Um but so in you know, the the second of like five times that they recap the movie, Mock intends to carry out some kind of dastardly plan but he needs a voice a very very special voice to unlock a um dimension that a dimensional creature a demon the armageddon key as they call it the armageddon key and he has all the components except a voice and so he like goes to all these clubs and he hears these voices smash cut too you know what this reminded me of in a way what? The movie we watched earlier, Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, there was there was definitely like that thing where like the bad guy stages one gigantic rock concert to exact his revenge. That that was eerily like <laughs> not something I run across every day. Um yeah, and also the um the like sexually ambiguous vibe of as the evil. bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't get that. Um, but it worked because there was no doubt in my mind that he was evil. Well, it comes down to anxiety. This was a time when this was when that kind of stuff was really coming to the forefront and it made a lot of people nervous. So when people get nervous and they write for movies, they tend to put their nervous stuff into the script. Wait, what was making people nervous? Sexual ambiguity. Oh. Okay, well, yeah, that, that was in there. Um, huh, okay. So you're saying that, like, this is a, a Freudian slip and not a... I'm saying all horror is. All oh. horror is uh, the neuroses and anxieties of the screenwriter being put on the film in an abstracted format. Your Freddies, your Jasons, your Michael Myers, those are all representative of something bugging the screen screenwriter. And the same way, this is too. Okay, I'll buy that. Um, so yes, so he's going to summon this demon. Yes. Match cut to the beeping, this... as the um, as the uh, computer calls it. Not the computers are called the uh, demon. The computers calls it the being, which I found. Yes. How did I get demon so clearly out of that? Well, no, because Mock says uh, demon. I think Mock says demon. Okay, okay. Um, right. So. So now we're introduced to the, um, and I'm using quotes here, lovable characters. <laughs> okay, so there is Angel, yes. who is the chick, also known as Hot One, a.k.a. the one that gets kidnapped. It's all the same thing, really. I'm just, I don't know why I'm saying the same words over and over again. She's the girl. <laughs> um, then there is... Wow, was it? Oh, Dizzy. I liked Dizzy. I thought he was cute. <laughs> there was Stretch, who's like a hick and an idiot. Basically, and then the Shaggy of the group. Yes, yes, exactly. He was the Shaggy. And then there was Omar. What well, I hated him so much. Yeah, he was not incredibly likable. No, and he was like the the guy, the counterpart to the chick also known as the love interest, also known as all these other, whatever. But yeah, he was like this self-centered butt. And also I couldn't figure out why he said the things that he said also. Like what? In the movie. 
Um, okay, so when he met Mock, um, he, he's like, ah, oh, you know, Mock's such a, you know, he's a, I don't know the word he used, like, poser, he's, like, too successful for his own good, he's totally not fringe, I'm making this up as I go, but it right. was that kind of thing. And then the door opens, and there's this giant doofy looking rat thing he's like mog nice to see ya and it's like what and then he turns around like all right bottom line mock we gotta talk about the bottom line in that (laughs) playful stupid like game of mistaken identities that went on for way too long and then he actually meets mock and he starts sulking like a two-year-old and as the viewer, in the span of two minutes, it's like, what? Now? What What happened now? And then, um, Mock starts kind of, like, hitting, not hitting, he starts being attentive to Angel. He's so, hitting on her. Okay. <laughs> so, Omar, instead of, like, getting up, he, like, or making eye contact or responding in a way that an adult would or something, he, like, slouches down on the couch He's like, yeah, I bought your record. It lines the bottom of my gerbil's cage or something. It's like it, 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 his gerbil uses a room divider. <laughs> it's it's really, really damn cool. That was a good line. I know, but it was completely ineffective and inappropriate to the situation. And it's like, what is? And then, and then, instead of like walking with Angel and staying close to this guy that's hitting on her, he does drugs. And it's like, why is this happening? So was, I, I can was... I can I can help you here. Oh, yeah. oh boy. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, let, let's going in reverse order. As to why he did drugs. Okay. He's in a rock band, and it was the early '80s. That's that's really it. I mean, quite frankly, I'm surprised that they didn't constantly have white powder dribbling out of their noses. <laughs> okay, so that equaled that. Now, as for why he said the stuff that he did, and why he acted the way he did. Omar is presented as a trickster character. He's there to constantly uh, be the wit. And my fingers are going in rapid motion uh, when I say the wit. With quotes around it, because he's more like sarcastic. Exactly. And yeah. He's also about, I would say, 18. And he is the titular hero of the thing. So he needs to have a character art, he needs to have growth. Well, the people who made this movie decided that the best way to have growth is to set the bar so incredibly low <laughs> as long as he doesn't act like, you know, he, as long as he acts halfway human, he's grown as a character. Okay. So made him into a jerk at the beginning, an utter self-destructive, sulky, sarcastic jerk, so that at the very end, when he deigns to notice that his co-singer and evidently girlfriend is, you know, a fully-fledged human being and has a nice song, that's a victory. That's his growth. Oh, my gosh. That was his victory. Jeez. All right. Well, that answers all of my questions. I'd like to point out that he has shown more growth than a lot of other heroes in a lot of other movies. Just because there's a low bar set doesn't mean it was actually... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, you're absolutely right. So, um, let's see. I enjoyed that. All right. So in a lot of movies, particularly older movies, black and white ones, um, the director or whoever's in charge of that would put a veil over 
the um over the lens of the camera whenever the heroine was going to be on stage and looking all romantic and stuff what we might call vaselining the lens nowadays okay yes yes so they would do that to make her look softer and everything right they did that and it was a cartoon (laughs) i i noticed that it's like what why are you you doing that it's a cartoon but yes they they even like fuzzed out the the lens whenever she was on and she was like a rat person actually i think she was a dog okay (laughs) small difference (laughs) yeah it's i mean it's not terribly important but yeah she was they they really went to great lengths to make her like crazy likable but it works on um on uh, mock because he has a magic ring that his computer oracle made him that would glow whenever the frequency of the voice would would do it. so yeah i do has- i do find it interesting um yes it should glow it should go when it hears the voice instead this being the early 80s it flashes like a strobe yes that was that was interesting this is Really, you need to be that woken up from your du- drug-induced hilar- delirium to realize this is what you needed. You need to, you might have a little klaxon on it as well. Yes. So. Um, I can't believe I am accusing this movie of not being subtle enough. I was, I was gonna, <laughs> say, but then again, you like went into the uh, motivation behind Omar, so I was gonna let that one slide. <laughs> um. So. Omar has this, we get to the the thing where um, Mock makes connection with this band in the ultimate goal of getting Angel to sing for him in his diabolical plan. Uh, Omar has a long, really corny incident of mistaken identities and then immediately gives up his quest of, of you know, making it with Mock. And then you meet Mock, who is this bony, full-lipped, made-up, skinny, like... Uh, it's like Mick Jagger meets Jack Skellington. I, Evidently, uh, it's never actually mentioned, but I've heard from some sources that the character's full name is actually Mock Swagger. <laughs> oh my goodness! Where he invites them to reach new levels of consciousness. Yes, I, I assume you use Edison balls. <laughs> and um, so while the band is like preoccupied he takes angel into the garden and then he knocks her out with an electronic flower question mark after she puts up like a feeble resistance to sell her soul for i don't i missed this part and i was paying attention um anyway he offers her the world yes and then she i won't do it for anything i'm not offering you anything i'm offering you everything. everything Um, so she refuses his nebulous deal out of loyalty for the band. Meanwhile, Omar and Stretch are zonked. They, like, are put in a car by the henchmen and, and go through this, like, high-speed backwards, no, wait, not backwards, just a high-speed car chase without a With uh, Dizzy at the wheel who doesn't know how to drive. Exactly. Um, meanwhile, Mock takes Angel up in a gigantic freaking blimp he's gonna take her to nuke york and then there's this part where the cop comes yes can you take away this one because you did such such a good job explaining omar (laughs) 
Um, it is the eighties. Yes. Explain the cop. In well, the 80s. if I had to, exp- oh, I have to explain the cop because you told me to explain the cop. So, in a job, <laughs> explain the cop. It's definitely a sort of officer Krupke type thing going on here. Yes, and it was like a badge of honor for them to like have been under arrest before and know the rest of the sentence. Yeah, but I think, as I think we mentioned um, in the Phantom of the Paradise, there was a big 50s revival going on in the 80s. Yes. So, playing with the tropes that were popular in West Side Story makes <laughs> sense. So the idea, uh, and this is just ways of further proving the tricksterness of Omar. Basically, this what what the guy's name Quadlo or Quadlo? Um, no, it was Quad Hole. Quad Hole. Okay. Because whenever you put hole on the end of something, it makes it like a lot less cool. Um. But yeah, so he's basically there to show what a trickster Omar is because he can get around him. That that that's his <laughs> and question. steal his car. Or steal his car, yes. Yeah, and um, so they they okay. So the movie touches on good versus evil. It brings up the question of morality later, and I thought it was interesting that well, not interest. I don't know. I noticed that. The cop, which is a a symbol of law and order, was immoral, and the henchman that um, brings up the question of morality, who, like, beat people up and nearly killed people, he was, like, the good one that died, you know? Right. I don't know. I'm extrapolating way, but there's, like, something that could be read into that. And, like, the law is not a reflection on morality because it's illegal to crash and land in a pool, but kidnapping, that's, that's, I didn't see that. So that's probably okay. Let, let's discuss um, as a bit of a aside, because we've already mm. introduced the Schlepper brothers uh, yeah. who are, let me just uh, make sure I get these names right, because they are such interesting names. Let's see here. Stretch, zip, and toe are the Schlepper brothers. Yes. There's also Cinderella. And Sleazy. Isn't there Sleazy? No. Well. Stretch is the hick. No. Uh, hold on a second. Oh, was the hick? Oh, you're right. I am sorry. No. Greg Duffel, the actor, did the voice for Stretch and Zip. But you're, yes. It's Zip, Sleazy, and Toad. I'm sorry. Okay. Sleazy, by the way, evidently disappears halfway through the movie. We never see him again. We don't know why. Yeah, that was weird. I was wondering where he was. Um. So you have these toughs, these heavies, and only in a film between 1980 and 1985 can you have heavies that are wearing pink, skin-tight t-shirts and roller skates. Yes! And roller skates the whole time. They never took them off. Nope. This is very much a 2D moment. Do you you know 2D? I don't. Okay. uh, There was a TV show called The Facts of Life. Okay. It was a sitcom about these uh, bunch of girls in a private school. And was it Tootie? Yeah, I think, yeah, Tootie. One of them was Tootie. Very, uh, you know, vivacious character, yada, yada, always wore roller skates. What? So that was a thing. So, yeah, roller skates were a thing. Wearing roller skates to do everything was a thing. Not a major thing, but it was definitely a character trait you could give a character and not have it seem, you know, totally ridiculous. 
Wow. That's hilarious. I, mean, you were... I liked roller skating in the 80s. <laughs> it was fun. We had a birthday party and everything. <laughs> I mean, there were roller discos. So that. <laughs> yes. And we, we get to see one later on. Yes. That was fun. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so he steals the uh, car. They steal the car from the cop. Yes, and um, and they're they're headed over to New York to get not save Angel, not save Angel, get an answer from her about how she could go off into fame and fortune with her incredible talents well, and see, leave them behind. That's the reason Omar gives, but I think that's just further proof of him being an eighteen-year-old idiot. He can't admit that he, you know misses her or wants to save her so he has to frame it as uh wanting to get some answers he can only do it if he's doing it as a tough guy and not really someone who needs her okay that's okay. that's so maybe that's give me giving the, the movie more depth than it should have but... <laughs> no it's cool so okay angel is in nuke york which is starting to get annoying to say <laughs> <laughs> and um and the the villain has this, you know, poor sweet little dog thing all locked up. And she's like, all locked up. And then Cinderella makes her entrance. Yes. She was fascinating to me. I enjoyed watching <laughs> her very much. And even given the outfit that Angel wears later on in the movie, I still think Cinderella showed more skin. Yes. <laughs> yes, she's, um, she's. Okay, so her it in like some really really hand handed explanation. Um, the three brothers that the henchmen, the the heavies, have a sister who is also like very proportionally a heavy. She and their sister. Let me. <laughs> yeah, and um, and she's this like free spirit modern woman who wants to be independent. I think right. So well, she. Yes, and she also thinks that Angel's a, a bit of a square, which I found fun. Right. So, um, so she's gonna take Angel to clubbing, like real clubbing, where the mutants are. I mean, the mutants ruin it, but it's all part of the mystique of a dangerous place where they do a crap ton of drugs, and none of the bras have pad inserts. <laughs> it was nippular. This was a very yes, nippular. Pause, but anyway. What? You're assuming bras. Well, that's all they were wearing. Well, okay, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no shirts. I mean, <laughs> um, so they go to this nightclub, and through the power of magic? Question mark. Mock knows that they're gonna go there, and he's gonna, he's gonna like. No, 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 no. What? No. Oh, okay. I'm uh, jumping around. Sorry. Okay. <sighs> oh wait. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, do take over here. Okay, so our uh, hero trio makes it in New York. However, New York is on lockdown because there's a power outage, which is something you do in post-apocalyptic cities, evidently. They try to finesse their way in, but get called by the cops, or not quite as stupid as the cops in hometown, and get thrown in jail. Turns out Dizzy's uh, aunt lives in New York and brings them out. Right. She is a tattoo artist, and in the process of, and this is something that was brought to my attention, which I found very very interesting, in the process of tattooing 
a mermaid, which is a half fish, half human, onto the back of the skull of a rat creature. Yep. So these these creatures evolved into humanoids, but still know what humans are and know what humans had as mythology, and so knew about mermaids. Wow, you definitely read into this. Well, it's, uh, it's kind of odd. <laughs> so, um, in the process of tattooing this mermaid in the back of a guy's skull, um, tells the trio that Cinderella um, is their way in to uh, Mock's uh, place, because she knows that she's the do- sister of the three people who work for Mock. Now, the sailor type with the mermaid on the back of his skull overhears this, and he's a sneaky little son of a bitch, and he goes to a video phone, immediately calls Toad and tells him that um, you should go to this club and look for your sister, and hey, this makes us even, right? And no, evidently it doesn't, because not only is it a video phone, it's also an assassination phone. Right. It's disintegrated. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was, it was so ham-handed how they had to like get the trio back with Angel and like they really had to put some effort into this aunt who could who has like wonderful memory except she can't identify faces. I don't know what she looks like, but she's got a tattoo of a heart on her ass. So they're going to a nightclub to look to look for someone very important with a like it was it was really you know they they struggled. Um, the term Deus ex machina yep. means God out of the machine. So you sort of lower the God into the in the play, and he would set everything right. Just with the whole harness that the ant had, it, it, I got they're really lampshade the whole Deus ex, Deus ex machina in my opinion. Because <laughs> you lower yourself, saying, "Oh, here's plot exhibition and how you can further along the story." Okay, I'm done. Yeah. I know. And then she was like, never heard from again. Nope. It's like, oh, oh. And then the, the Frenchman guy, he, you know, had a backstory that he had to relay in four sentences. And, <laughs> oh, now it makes perfect sense. Well, you know, oh, whatever. So, um, so now, now they get to the nightclub, right? Yes. Now they get to the nightclub. And, and they're checking out girls' asses because. Not just and, asses. Yes. No, asses, not, but not just asses. No. Too. They, they checked out quite a bit of breasts as well. <laughs> oh lord and they come across cinderella but so does mock well so does toad so does toad toad uh says time to go home now so she goes home um i then angel leaves and angel gets kidnapped and they bring on what's her face yes what oh that was creepy i didn't like that creep me out man if i was 10 watching that i'd have been creeped out <laughs> What's her face is a mutant who has the ability to mimic other people. So she mimics Angel, convinces Omar that uh, she is with Mock now. Yes. Yep, and he's sufficiently crestfallen. Um, Yep. So let's see. Um, We missed something though. Well. not only does uh, a mock break Omar's heart, but then he kidnaps all three of them. Right. He holds them hostage uh, so that Angel will now uh, agree to sing for him. So yeah. she does agree to sing for him. Uh, he gives them a mind whammy and sends it back to hometown. Yes. So uh, she is alone uh, with that. 
and they try to have the concert and uh, some of the demon. Unfortunately, Nuke York doesn't have enough power, which uh, so there's only a partial summoning which kills thousands of people, but they just think it's you know part of the show. I know. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Um. So we. I'm gonna. Okay. So um. Mock is gonna take Angel back to Ohm Town because it's again it's the only two towns in a post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> and now suddenly Ohm Town is sufficient enough to have power when you know New York didn't. Plan A. Okay, we're gonna go back to Plan B. So, um, the thing that we missed was. Angel overheard Mock's plan. Oh, right. In, in the third retelling of the <laughs> plot of the movie. But this was this this added stuff. Now we know how to defeat the plan, convenient. Yes. The the computer uh, reveals the Achilles heel of Mock's plan, which is one voice, one heart, one song can send the monster home. But, no oh. one can send it back. <laughs> like, no man can kill the Lord of the Rings. Yes, like, but... no man can put asunder. Like, <laughs> no one naturally born can... I could keep going. Okay, to be, you know, scrupulously fair to this movie, Lord of the Rings hadn't come out yet, and not everyone's seen Macbeth. So it's possible <laughs> it was clever to some people. I don't know. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's for not me, that clever, but <laughs> I, for me, I rolled my eyes a lot, especially since I had again figured out the entire rest of the movie in the first ten minutes, and so it felt like it was taking a long time. And then they finally like reveal the Achilles heel of the monsters. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> one voice, one heart, one song, but no one man can kill it. Oh, okay. Um, I'd like to point out that, um, the, the concert hall that was shorted was Carnage Hall. Yeah. Carnegie Hall. Carnage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they're back in Ulm. Oh, wait, no, they're not. First, Angel tries that feminine wiles thing on a guy that is confused about his sexuality. And it is an epic fail. I don't think he's confused about his sexuality, but yes, it is an epic fail. It was no okay no he he was straight and he had a string of girls or whatever but no yeah, I just he, don't think he cares about his sexuality in that sense I don't think he's confused that, by it that was but also anyway. a thing <laughs> but um no and it was just an epic fail like she failed femininity and and now she has to like, I don't know like have her girl card taken away or something because revoked um <laughs> do, do 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 okay. Oh, so this is the part where they're back in Ulm, and Mock has, she's gonna, like, he has put out his orders to drug her and tie her up and put her in really skimpy clothes while you're at it. And he sings his self-affirming song, which is a genuinely crappy song with an approximate rhyme as its main staple. It was bad. And the graphics got worse somehow. I don't know. Well, it's also a dream sequence. Oh, is it? Okay. I think well, it's, it's like a drug sequence. Yes, yes, that one. Yeah, because it actually comes up later. Okay. It's a bit of a prophetic dream. Okay. That's why he woke up at the end, because he saw himself tumbling, tumbling into a bottomless pit in the dream. That's what woke oh. up. Oh, 
And oh, okay. I had just resigned all of that to his drug use that made his eyes well, all roundy. That certainly helped, yes. <laughs> okay, so now, okay, so Mock is like woken up from his um, drug induced psychoses or something. And now we have a cartoon within a cartoon commentary on morality. <laughs> what? And, and so there's the, um, what, which one was that? Zip? No? Uh, zip. Zip, yeah. Um, so Zip is watching this cartoon within a cartoon that's like good versus evil. It's like, okay, be good, kids. And he asks Mock, are we evil? Which was like just an amazing. I can't tell you how many movies I've watched where I would have just killed for one of the bad guys to turn to the other bad guy and say, hey, are we the bad guys here? Because, like, <laughs> I saw it in a. In a sketch where um, where uh, Thor's amnesia happens, but it's like, yeah, hey, I was I, a British. I know, guy. I know the sketch. I know the sketch. Uh, British guys. Yes. Uh, are we the baddies? Yeah. And it's like, no, we're not the baddies. They're like, are you sure? Because we, got, we, got we have skulls, skulls on our head. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. What if the bad guys ask? <laughs> are we? Are we? Are we evil? And. And it was, it made me so happy. I was so happy that he asked that. And then Mock, like, actually pretty concisely summed up a lot in one sentence. Uh, we've evolved past the point of black or white. It's a personal thing. Right. He gives the the anti-nihilist, uh, nihilist uh, defense. Right. <laughs> This is yeah, uh, yeah. This is what every everyone who doesn't like Nietzsche thinks Nietzsche is all about. Okay. Yes. I'm not particularly, you know, defending Nietzsche, but this was not, shall we say, a completely objective, fair presentation. This was this was using the standard. Oh, he thinks he's beyond good and evil. He's actually evil. Why? <laughs> yes. Yep. Um. So they're set up to have the concert at the at the power plant. Meanwhile, the band has changed their name to Omar and the Daycares. Because they got mind whammied. Yes. And they're like happy and singing about happiness. And meanwhile, um, there's a song going on where they like cut back and forth between the daycare and Angel drugged, mostly naked and wired into a power system. Being all um, animasola and all of that. Um, so the boys are electrocuted and they come to, and then there's this like, Omar is all, ah, she's with Mock now. Like she's abandoned us, my fragile ego. And, and then, um, Dizzy, he, he does this line where it's like, oh Lord, no, 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 no. Believe in your heart. <laughs> You know it to be true. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it hurt. I was happy when they asked that they were evil, and I was so sad. Believe in your heart. That was a line in this movie, people. <laughs> Use that in your decision making about whether or not you want to see it or your ten year old children to see it. <laughs> so they steal the cop car again and go to the power plant again. Only this time, there's not ham handed, ham handed backstory on how to get there um so do, do you want to take it here this is where um yes angel is singing and okay yeah okay so um 
Angel is wired into the mainframe, as they said. She's wired for sound. So uh, Mock literally plays her on his super high-tech avant-garde early 80s keyboard, which is basically yeah. just a series of pipes. He goes, blah, blah, blah. Iggy yeah. Pop sings. This is Iggy Pop's song, I believe, Pain and Misery. And she uh, sings the requisite uh, series of notes needed to summon the demon. Looking very much like something out of an early '80s uh, sword and sorcery flick, by the way. This is that's what uh, outfit reminded me of. Um, yeah. So there's a interdimensional breach uh, in the shape of a pentagram. A uh, giant pulsating, basically looks like a humongous pile of red spaghetti animated pours out. And, <laughs> Tentacles reach out, grab members of the audience, because it's a humongous audience, and eats them. And then tentacles menace Angel. And at that point, we hear Omar yell, ah! and we see him up there, and he wields his, um, he jumps down and wields his guitar like it's, yeah. it's a weapon, or club, or axe, or something, and takes a wallop at, um, at the tentacles, and then takes a wallop at her uh, wrist restraints, I believe. Yes. Um, and then the tentacles basically whop him against the wall, and he's out for the count for a bit. She takes this opportunity to get the uh, collar off of her and gets out of the thing. And see, this is where she is still less of a damsel in distress than 95% of other damsels in distress. Because as soon as she is free, as soon as the, you know, slightly inconvenient thing of being tied up is over with, she immediately goes into trying to stop the thing. She is not running to Omar going, oh, thank you for saving me. We have to get out of here. So like, she's not cowering in fear. She says, fuck it. I sung the sucker up. I can sing him down. And she starts <laughs> singing. She is going into it full force, which you have to admire in a character, I think. Um, so she's trying to... Uh, seeing basically the reverse and it's not working uh but then omar joins her because he's finally uh learned to uh respect her and accept her lead and treat her as an equal so they're going to sing together they sing together and this um oh i should also point out uh while this was going on a blast of some sort of demonic energy was aimed at omar skip who's been having this crisis of conscience ever since watching the cartoon program, um, throws himself in front of the blast of demonic energy. Uh, so he gets hit with it and fl goes flying back. Uh, Toad goes, why did you do it, Skip? Why did you do it? And Skip says, we're not evil. Don't be evil. <laughs> and dies. <laughs> that was that little exchange. I wanted to like it, but it's like, it's like, I don't want to be evil anymore. And, and the guy's like, ah, oh, don't, don't talk now. And then he like dies. Like, talk to me. It's like, what? Okay. Come on. <laughs> die or not die. Come on. Okay. So, um, so then the demon is basically sucked back down the interdimensional hole due to the power of one voice, one heart, one song, no one singing it. Yes. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, figure um, it out. Mock is freaking out going, no, no, you can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> And then Toad comes up behind Mock and says, my brother is dead, and throws Mock down the hole. Uh, Mock basically does the last recount of the of the day. 
Flies is working, and they gets dragged down to hell. Yeah. Um, and that's oh yeah. Then Mylar the Rat says, "This part of the show, folks, uh, mocks backstage." I hope. Dun dun dun. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> Yeah, this is this is not a movie that will go down in history as uh, competent. <laughs> I had such a hard sell on '80s movies. Um, yeah, no, it was there. It had some really great things. It had a lot of holes. Eh, yes, I'm not discounting that. No, um, it wasn't maybe the most well-scripted, well-plotted movie in the world, but it had heart. It had that that spark that I like in movies, especially mm-hmm. the early 80s. They just, they weren't playing it safe. This was not a safe movie. Now, and you, I, I distinctly got the impression that for the animators and creators that they really, really loved their characters. Yeah. With, well, it shows me pointed out that these were not the first time they used these characters. A yeah. lot of these characters were recycled from an earlier short they did called The Devil and Daniel Mouse. Oh. Not the actual characters themselves, but the body types and the uh, general personalities were recycled from the uh, that earlier one. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, they definitely love these characters. Yeah. Um, so yes, there was heart there. There was heart. <laughs> there was drive. There was desire. There was passion. There was funding. There was no tickets sold. <laughs> and yet, I remember seeing this when I was eight. Not really. Not in the theater. I what I remember seeing was that scene where the bouncer is zapping. The mutants who are trying to get into the club. Oh my gosh. I remember that scene specifically from when I was real, real young. I have no idea what context I saw it. It may have been on the news or something. I don't remember, but I do remember seeing that scene when I was really, really young. So I'm not sure what's up on that. That was pretty graphic. Yeah, it was. I was exposed to a lot of inappropriate stuff when I was a kid. had me tag along when we went to see Pritzi's Honor. I saw aliens when I was far too young to see aliens. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Oh, good times. <laughs> Figure that one out, little kid brain. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Integrate that into your worldview. <laughs> oh, man. Now, okay, the movie was fun. It was... It would be like a... a a good movie to watch while you're doing your nails when you don't like have to watch or pay attention at all. <laughs> or like when the, you're vacuuming. It has the advantage of being short. This was, yeah. this was not a, a overly padded movie. I think. No, no, it wasn't 72% rotten tomatoes, 6.8 IMDb. Yeah. And how about cancer dick guns? I'm going with three. I'm going to get a sucker of three. I'm going to do, wow, this is hard, uh, two and a half. I didn't flip off the movie at any point, so that's a major That's high point. praise from you. It is, it is. <laughs> I rolled my eyes a lot, but that, <laughs> so two and a half. Okay, that's good. Um, 
All right. That makes a good two and three quarters. That's a decent score. Um, mm-hmm. So you have been listening to John Robinson and Catalan Justice doing the cinematic uh, pig's feet. Uh, you can catch us and all our previous episodes on the iTunes on our website. I don't know why I call it the iTunes. I don't, I'm not <laughs> not 60. Catch it's on us the internet. On the internet. Yes, the internet. <laughs> I got that full plural in there. So we're on <laughs> iTunes. Or you can catch us on our website at johnnylamuria.com. You can catch us on Facebook at Cinematic Peaks, Pig, hmm, Cinematic Pigs Feet. You can catch us on Tumblr. Catch us on Pinterest. You can catch us on Twitter at Johnny Lemuria and at Logic. And basically, if you put in uh, John Lemuria or Cinematic Pigs Feet in any combination, anywhere on the internet, something's going to pop up concerning us. So until next time, I've been John Robinson. And I'm Catalan Justice. Saying stay, weird people, and keep trying to raise those demons with music. Okay. Awesome.